With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This, this, this is, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 191 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This dedicated to the world of boxing. Thank you so much for your time. If this is the first time that you've ever stumbled across us, because you might have seen our name pop up somewhere this week, uh, you can get us on iTunes, Fight Disciples on there, and all Android feeds are via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, we're all over social media as well, uh, where you will see random videos of uh, certain people that make this podcast. Um, offering challenges to uh, other podcasts for a fight, that being our very own Nick Pete. Uh, you can get us at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And what I'm referring to there is, yeah, listen. Are you smiling at me like that for? <laughs> <laughs> Last Tuesday, I'm in the gym, right? Minding my own business. I'm yep. on the treadmill, bashing away as you do. And I thought to myself, I know what today is. I know what today is, but I'm not going to pay any attention because I'm not going to get myself in a tiz. At the end of the day, 2017 was a fantastic year for the Fight Disciples podcast. Um, in April of 2017, we picked up an award, Best Sports Podcast uh, in the UK at the British Podcast Awards. Fantastic achievement for us, especially mm-hmm. with it being in our first year. Same night, AJ Klitschko as well, wasn't I, it? Exactly that what same a night. Moment. Yeah. What a night. And for those that have followed us from day dot, thank you so much for doing that. Because without you doing it, we wouldn't be inspired to make this show and therefore get some top people on. Have a bit of a crack with him and hopefully on a week by week basis, try and bring some entertainment uh, to your morning or evening commute. All right. And off the back of that, we picked up an award. Right. Now, last Tuesday, it was nominations for the 2018 version of this award, the, the award that we won last year. And I knew it was happening. And I thought to myself, we're not going to pick it up a second year in a row. It's just not going to happen. And I'm not going to get myself in a tiz about it. Even though I think we've had a good year, yep. I'm not going to get myself in a tiz. I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to hit the bag, I'm going to get on the treadmill, I'm going to sweat it out and forget about it, right? I get on the treadmill, got my headphones in, paying no attention to anything, I'm listening to various stuff. Ping, 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 ping. Now, I don't know if your headphones do this whilst you've got your old phone locked in and all this type of stuff, but it cuts out all my music that I'm listening to. Yep. Laughing boy years, right? Sat at home in his fucking pants eating his Cheerios, knocking one out, watching the bloody live stream of these awards. <laughs> right? That's what he's doing. He's not doing what I'm doing. He's thinking, yeah, we're going to fucking win again. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it to come in. Anyway, there you go. The reason why I'm bringing this up, because we have been nominated uh, for a second year in a row. Best sports show. Uh, in the UK at the British Podcast Awards. Up against some stiff competition uh, this year, as we were last year, but it's an absolute honour to be nominated uh, for a second year in a row. And if you do follow us on Facebook, by the way, you will have seen Denzel Washington, uh, the Scouse version of Denzel. 
Will Smith. You're going for Will Smith. Will Smith. I, I'm known as I'm known as the White Will Smith. A lot of people going for Nick Frost. Actually, I've uh, seen that Nick get, Frost shout. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. From uh, what was it? Buzz. What, what's that film called? What is it? Hot Fuzz. Or whatever Hot it's Fuzz. Called. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Nick Frost. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the. He's the man. That's it. Nick Frost doing an acceptance speech already on our uh, on our Facebook page. Well, basically not an acceptance speech. Offering out other podcasts uh, to come and challenge us for the award that we picked up last year. Uh, so there you go. Um, did you enjoy it? Because you've always got a little bit of acting inside you, haven't you? You know what I mean. Your family is. Uh, uh, connected to the arts, your sister's mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a theatre, a lovey. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? A little bit of frustration, maybe all just poured out into the into the system last week. Is that what it was? And that was just nice to get. Obviously, obviously, it's nice to get nominated, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's nice. This to ain't get what you're looking again. at. This ain't what you were saying last week. <laughs> you went on that Diaz on me last week, so I'm in the gym and he's like going, "I ain't surprised, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Fucking hell!" Here we go. God help anybody listening to the show next week because he's go he's going balls deep again. Uh, I'll be honest. The only thing I remember from the British Podcast Awards last year, because obviously anyone that was following us last year will know the week of the awards we but we all got to london me you and norman our producer we get to his london. real name's mike by the way we call him norman because he looks like the kid off fireman sam that's right and we were deciding who's going to go straight to joshua klitschko who's going to go and pick up the awards yeah um so we we did rock paper scissor yeah yeah you know the, the, the classic yeah um i went to the fight you went to you the won awards. you went to fight i went to the awards the plan was i was going to pick up the award jump in a taxi and get get back get to the fight in time to see aj klitschko didn't turn out like that because the awards was sensational no. it was no. free booze bar, the... free bar yeah exactly that was it it was a free bar so you thought fucking hell anything for free here son exactly. you stayed there all night getting so wrecked me and norman got absolutely smashed uh hanging out with scroobius pip who's a, who's a good fan of the show um and then we got into the awards, and then they announced best sports show. We won the award. I went up on stage, little acceptance speech. Fucking Denzel did, didn't you? <laughs> Proper Denzel did. And then uh, we we come out the side entrance, like of the main arena or the main hall. And as we were, go- I went to Norman Wright taxi. Let's go. And as we got towards the door, someone from the British Podcast Awards went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no! You can't leave. You've won. All the winners now. At the end of the night, mm. there will be a big award for overall best podcast. Yeah, yeah." Um, so you got to stay, lads. So we were like, is the bar still open? Yeah. The guy was like, yeah, of course. Mm. We were like, shots. So there you go. So I'm looking forward to going back again, retaining our title, oh, getting he is. pissed again. Real champs defend their titles. That's, That's where it. we're at. That's it. We ain't no Conor McGregor here, son. Mm. We defend our belts. Up against some good uh, good podcasts, actually, this week. Yeah. Uh, or this year, should I say. Some top stuff from different sports. But what we can say, whatever happens, uh, May 19th, isn't it? May 19th, the awards ceremony. Yeah, same night as uh, Selby Warrington Selby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know where I'll be. Uh, <laughs> so what we can say is that whatever happens on that uh, that awards night, we are still the best fight sports. podcast Yeah, well, there's no the other UK. fight sports podcast shortlisted again. We're the only fight sports podcast, so yeah, we go. are numero uno. And I know that it sounds like we're wanking each other off at this moment in time, but this is your award as much as it is ours. You've been with us since day dot, so thank you so much for uh, uh, that support and coming along with us on this journey. Hopefully, we try and entertain you on a day by day, week by week basis. Hopefully, there's something in there for you. Uh, that you find mildly entertaining. And who knows, a little bit of knowledge in there as well with some shit that we throw your way because I'm going to start this week's show by talking about Tyson Fury. And of course. Tyson is back. The well, big man is back. Yeah, but Hello. Everybody's going wild and crazy about the day and all oh, this is what's happening and it's all like big news. We told you about this three weeks ago. We yeah, said we did, Manchester, yeah. June 9th, and Maurice mm-hmm. Hooker and Terry Flanagan would be fighting. Yeah. Obviously, I... A month ago. Yeah. I didn't realise that nobody else knew about it. We... <laughs> So anyway, we put it out a month ago that that will be happening, and then everybody's released it this week, and everybody's acting like it's a, a, a major, huge surprise. Yeah. 
No, man, it's happening. Anyway, it's great that it's happening. Delighted that Tyson Fury uh, is back in the game. Absolutely. As you know, I was with him for an hour and a half, two hours the week before. And uh, the presser, and he was in great shape then. He was in good value. And comparing beards, weren't you? Yeah, we were. We were just chilling out, and we were just chatting. It was completely off air. And uh, but he was saying then that um, he's he feels more hungry now than he did the first time around. That you know, when he conquered the world, when he did the impossible and went to Germany and beat Klitschko and took all the belts, there was nothing left. He said there was no Anthony Joshua then. There was no Deontay Wilder. There was there was no other competition. Mm. I'd wiped the floor with that because because the Klitschkos had reigned and dominated for so long. When he defeated the Klitschko, there was nothing left to do. He there's, said, and that's yeah. where his motivation completely fell out of the sport. So, but he's gone away. He's made some more babies. He's let the division grow, and now there's at least one massive opponent out there. In you know, I know I know Frank Warren said this at the press conference this week. You know, over the last couple of days, but. Potentially Fury versus AJ. You know, we 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 say it every week on this show. This is the golden age of British boxing. It's happening right now. That could be the biggest single sporting event this country has ever seen. It could be phenomenal in terms of numbers. Where'd you do it? Wembley sells out in a heartbeat. Mm. Absolute heartbeat. It's going to be massive. And when, you know what? It's inevitable. I feel like it's inevitable as well. Yeah, but when do you do it as well, man? Because I, I can't see this happening this year. No, it's going to be next summer. It's going to be next summer, definitely. Do you think? Yeah. I think we might even have to wait a touch longer, you know. Well, I think at least, I think Tyson needs at least two. At least well, he's two talking, fights Well, he's talking four this year, isn't he? Well, Frank said four. Frank said four. Four knocks this year. So from now till the end of the year. That's a lot of boxing now for a, for a guy who's been out of the ring. Well, say now he's been out of the ring for the best part of three years, so he needs it. Yeah. He needs to be kept busy. Yeah. But that's a lot of knocks for a big guy. Like Yeah, but if you think about it when, or if, if you think about that he's starting his career again. In a way, he is. Yeah, if you think of. about it, he's starting his career again. I mean, novice, he's not a novice, obviously. He's the bloody main man. But they do rattle him through. One, yeah. every, one every two months between now and the end of the, the year. The problem, he's there thereabouts. The problem with Frank is, how do you match him? It's going to cost you a fortune just to match the guy. I genuinely believe Frank Warren has signed Tyson Fury knowing that for two or three fights, he's, he's going to lose money. Yeah, Because yeah. the opponent's going to want a fortune. But obviously, the bigger picture of all this is... Once he get himself in that position, once he becomes the mandatory for the world title, mm. the world will demand it. The British public will demand it. Anthony Joshua and Matchroom won't be able to run away from it forever. We're going to see a Matchroom, Frank Warren, co-promotion. The fight is going to happen. And it's going to be massive, absolutely massive. Not just one, man. We could get several. We could do, yeah. And don't forget, Wilder's already, you know, they're already doing a deal with Wilder for at least one or two. Well, let's get on this, right? That, we'll move on to that because AJ and Wilder are already talking about it. So what's happened is that the WBA have popped up. So listen, that Russian drug cheat, you remember him from a couple of weeks back? We're now making him 100% mandatory and, it, and this fight is now mandatory. You've got 30 days, lads, yep. to negotiate your terms or <clears throat> with the WBA rules, um, a unification um, for the undisputed heavyweight championship can supersede a mandatory. So therefore, basically, Perfectkin steps aside for a short period of time yep. whilst uh, AJ and Wilder get it on to become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Now, there's loads of backs and forth regarding flat fees being offered. I heard $12.5 million, which works out about 9 million quid, something like that, eight and a half, nine million quid, something like that, towards Deontay Wilder. There's loads of figures flying around at this moment in time regarding how much money AJ versus Wilder, a fight, possibly in the UK or even in America, could go on to generate, all right? Now, ages ago, I told you, I spoke to Deontay Wilder and I chucked it his way and I said, right, 60-40 split in AJ's favour. You come here, fight him, beat him, rematch, 60-40 split in your favour. Yep. I don't see the beef with that. Mm. I don't see any problem whatsoever with that. 
Nope, not at all. Now, if you're going to start talking about flat fees, which then might equate to, let's say that equates to 20% of a purse or 25% of a purse when you're the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, that to me is that the person that is attempting to do the negotiations is in a way overpricing themselves or trying to avoid the fight for a period of time. And I'm talking about from AJ's point of view, not necessarily AJ, but AJ's promotional team, as in Eddie and the guys that are around him at this moment in time. Yeah. I don't see the problem in going 60-40 split. I think that's I think that's sound. Yeah. If you're going to do 66-33 for Parker, 60-40 for Wilder. For the WBC champion. Yeah. Undefeated. I think that's fair, man. I think that's fair. Just do it. 60-40 split on everything. Yeah. Get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of... So I don't know what kind of money Wilder generates in terms of pay-per-view. Fuck all. But Absolutely then, fuck all. But, but then, that, that, but that's then leave it to Parker. Yeah, leave it to Parker. Exactly. That, he doesn't generate anything. I think his highest pay day today is about two and a half million dollars. That's fuck all compared to where AJ's at. Obviously, yeah. AJ and his Parker fight. But then look at Parker. I bet your Parker was similar. I bet your Parker never made more than Absolutely two million dollars prior to fighting AJ. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. But if you're going to offer the WBO champion 33% of the yeah, deal. Of course. The WBC champion at least has to have thirty three percent. At least has to have it. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't, I don't understand why you go. Well, I do understand. You go you set want, fee because you know you don't want well, to fight. Well, you either don't want the fight or you think to yourself, I'll tell you what, we'll pay him a career high payday, twelve million sound. Yeah. We're going to fucking generate sixty million here. Yeah, yeah. So we'll set, we'll set fifty million of that, which is then works out at what a, a twelve and a half. 15% pay to the to the opponent. Come there's, on, man. There's no way on God's green earth that Deontay Wilder's going to take less than what Parker got. You're right. As there's a percentage no split. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Of course, he's not going to take less. Mm. There's a blueprint now to get paid against AJ. If you're a world champion, that guy's just done it. But not, I haven't got the WBO belt. I've got the WBC belt. I've got the one. The best belt in boxing. Mm. So Wilder, for me, it's got to be, you're right, it's got to be more like a 60-40 split. Definitely. And Wilder's into that. Wilder said he would happily he would take that. Yeah, yeah. Especially if there's Plus, a chance not, to do a rematch that's it. and flip it on its head. That's it. You're not. I'll do 60-40. Okay, give me 40. But you know when the, you get your immediate rematch, which, by the way, is going to happen in America, I'm the 60, I'm the A-side, and you're the 40, because then he'll have all the belts. It'll have to be that way. And if it is in America, one, you can charge more because of the pay-per-view pay premium, and yeah. there's more people to buy it. Yeah. And therefore, he'll absolutely cash in on that second fight if he's backing himself. And it sounds like he is backing himself, Shelley Finkel and his team. That's what they want to do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, absolutely. At the moment, it seems like it's Team Joshua. Team Matchroom, that are the ones putting that, putting the hurdles up. But then again, this happened with it. This happened with Parker. Uh, Parker. Yeah, you have a shit it, first it, off. It starts stupid. Eventually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all part of negotiation. I don't. I still don't believe we're going to get AJ Wilder next. I don't. I still don't believe that's no, going to happen. I think there's more chance of Dillian White fighting Parker, Wilder next, and there's more chance of Pavekin getting his WBA mandatory out the way. On the East Coast in America, that whole shebang, I can definitely see that happening, 100%. Mm. The longer, what, the longer it honest, takes to negotiate this... Wants. Matchroom want that. Of course. Let's be honest, that's what they want. The longer it takes to negotiate this, the more chance Fury gets a couple of fights under his belt. Yeah. And once Tyson starts making noise... At the moment, Tyson's just making noise. Until he actually puts someone away, until he actually comes back, mm. no one's really going to pay too much attention. Because he's just making noise at the moment. He's mm -hmm. basically a, a version of a David Hay. He's just making noise. You've got mm -hmm. to actually win. You've got to get back in the win column and get back in the mix and go, okay, I'm here. I'm a legitimate title contender. Mm. Once once Tyson does that, I think Matchroom are playing a dangerous game because the British public are going to start to demand Tyson Fury over Deontay Wilder. Yeah. They're going to start going, who is this American guy? I've never even seen him fight live. He's always on it early hours in the morning. I'll tell you what. Most sports fans don't know I wouldn't be is. surprised, going on what you've just said, 
that Fury and Wilder happens before it. I wouldn't 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 surprise me either, because I tell you now, Tyson will go to America. Tyson will fight Wilder. Mm-hmm. Tyson will take a because Tyson brings quite a big quite a lot to the party because they don't forget the American audience watch Tyson beat Klitschko. Mm. As far as they're concerned, he's still the man. Yeah, and Wilder's all about I'll beat anybody. So I think you're right. I think. It, f- and you know what? That wouldn't surprise me if Frank, when he signed him and announced him this week with Tyson, wouldn't surprise me if Frank's already been on the phone to Shelley Finkel saying, listen, this fucking AJ Clamp, they, these aren't going to take you, but we'll take you. Let me get the comeback out the way in June and then we'll come to America in September. I'll bring Tyson Fury. You, Wilder gets the chance to beat the man mm. and then go to the table with AJ and go, listen, son, this ain't no 60-40. I just beat the man. I just beat Tyson Fury. Puts him in a completely different position no, to negotiate absolutely. from. What do you make of this, right? Because I know that this happened. Tyson Fury spoke to Eddie Hearn before he did the deal with uh, with Frank. He said, "I want I want four bums, mm-hmm. and then I want AJ on a 50-50 split." Yeah. What do you reckon of that? The thing with Tyson is, and no one can ever take this away from him, is he's the man. He, no one beat him in the ring. He beat himself. Mm-hmm. He let himself go. He let his own focus go, and let the the demons of life catch up with him. He he lost to Tyson Fury. No one else has ever beat him. As far as I'm concerned, Tyson Fury still remains the lineal heavyweight champion. And until someone beats him, Anthony Joshua currently is the two weight, the the, the two belt heavyweight champion of the world with an asterisk. Mm. Deontay Wilder's the WBC champion with an asterisk. Well, this is he's an active right. guy over there. Yeah. Well, Deontay's is all right because he got his. Uh, yes, it's vacant, but he came off Vitaly, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. Fury didn't blow up for, for Deontay. I think Deontay True. would still have that belt. But Anthony Joshua, Josie Parker previous, definitely have those asterisks against him because they only became champions because... He gave the belt up. Yeah, he, walked, or he, or he walked, stripped, walked away yeah. from the belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah He yeah. walked away from the sport. Uh, so I think all these guys will never be known as the... And this is, you know, the golden era of British boxing. It's not the golden era of heavyweight boxing, but it's a good era for heavyweight boxing. These guys, there's at least three or four guys... It's competitive. They were good. It's inter- it makes it entertaining. And the good thing is, the likes of Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder especially, they're not 12-round fighters. They're not boring fighters. They're mm. not... We haven't gone back to the Klitschko era where you're going to see a technical performance that more than likely is going to last 12 rounds. These guys put people away. I'm they gonna, put people away early. Right, so right, that's ready? what makes it exciting. I'm going I'm to give you the round robin and how they would all play out, right? Okay. Here we go. This is the, this is my thought process. Because like you said, there are certain styles here at play. Yep. Wilder Joshua yep. is a gun show. Completely. It's standing in the middle. Can only go that way. Because Wilder only knows one way to fight. Absolutely. Whoever lands first goes, right? And I'm not going to back either man on there because I think they've both got equal amounts of power there. Yep. So I'm going to go, it's a gun show. It ain't going to last more than four rounds. Someone's going over, okay? Yep. When it comes to Fury Joshua, if they fight today, Joshua wins. Yep. Obviously, because he's been out of the ring for far too long. Give him a year, and he gets back to anywhere near what we saw in November 2015 when he became the heavyweight champion of the world. Yep. Fury dances around him for 12 rounds. He might even stop him later on because Joshua might get de- desperate. So Fury, in my opinion, in a year yes. from now, beats him. Yeah. However, Wilder Fury, because Wilder's so unorthodox and he doesn't come normally at you, he doesn't come in straight lines, he fucking comes from all over the gaff. He's like a pub brawler. Yeah. I think he could knock out Tyson Fury. I think Wilder could knock anybody out, let's be honest. Where I differ is, I think Tyson Fury could come back tomorrow and beat Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I could do. I, 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 but can he keep him off him for 12 rounds with that unorthodox style? It's a weird style, mate. It's not, he's not like coming yeah, in straight lines and hey, doing normal shit. 
Charles Tyson, he's got a fucking that's completely what I mean. weird style as yeah, well. They've both I mean. got completely weird, unorthodox styles. That's what I mean. If you think about all the Tyson successes, for example, Klitschko, Tyson's the weird one in the ring. Tyson's the one that moves laterally and all these types of funny yeah, angle yeah. throws and all this type of stuff. But if but two lads are doing big it... unit, don't forget. Yeah, that's the problem. But if two lads are doing it, and one of them it's considerably harder than the other, and I think everybody would co- conclude that Deontay Wilder does, then you think to yourself... Can Tyson Fury keep him off? Can he dance round him for 12 rounds? I don't know if he could. No, certainly not right now, maybe. But I just think, stylistically, I'm going to go the opposite of you then. All right, then. I'm going to say Fury beats Wilder. Fury beats Wilder, all right. I think he schools Wilder, to be honest. I think makes Wilder look what he is, completely fucking raw and often a complete novice. Yeah. I think Tyson would have his way with him quite comfortably as well. Um, I think it might even stop him towards the end. And I know Tyson's not the biggest punch in the world, but I just think Wilder would have to just be swinging for the fences last four or five rounds because he'd be miles behind on the score. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Exactly, he will be. And, and he lands. I think AJ lands then. I, I think Fury would land then, and Fury would be able to. Okay. Somewhere along the lines, them little skinny chicken legs have got to catch up with Wilder. His chin and his confidence are what keep and his Sorry, the, the shape he's in yeah. and his confidence are what protects his chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that he's so fit. But if you go 11 rounds and you're 10 down on the scorecards against Fury and you're just fucking swinging for the fences, I think Fiori, Tyson's got the ability to, to finish him and walk okay, him down. Right. I think the flip side of that, what you said about AJ, completely agree if they fight now. I think AJ takes Tyson apart because he's, he's just not been active enough. However, in 12 months' time, I think that's a sensational fight. I think it's a sensational fight because you've got the the explosive nature of Anthony Joshua and the killer instinct of Anthony Joshua against the completely unorthodox approach of Tyson Fury. I think the build-up would be sensational. I think, for me, Joshua said in this last fight, he said, uh, I'm Warren Parker, fighting in front of 90,000, it's fucking completely unnatural. I'm just getting used to it now. I still think, even in the Parker fight, he still looks quite weird in the first three, couple of rounds. Joshua, like, it's all a bit like, fucking hell, this is all for me. You know, it, it, he's carried, he carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. He carries mm. so much pressure. Look back to when Tyson went to Germany and he was fucking dancing and everything. Singing, and yeah. Singing to his beard. And even mid-fight, he's, like, playing with Klitschko and tapping him on the back of the head and <laughs> no shit like that. It's like... Tyson Fury was made for them moments. Like it's not unnatural to him. That's where he belongs. He's that's where he's most comfortable mm. is in those incredible pressurized moments. Mm. And I think Anthony Joshua's still getting used to them moments. He's still trying to. I don't think he's that comfortable there. And I think for that reason, Tyson Fury could well beat Joshua. Could well beat Joshua just because of the occasion itself. He would get in Joshua's head. I don't know if Joshua's mentally strong enough, and he's been sensational so far. And I'm a hu- obviously we're huge fans. I just don't know if anyone. I think Wilder's probably mentally, mentally strong enough to deal with Fury, but I don't think he's got the skill to deal with Fury. I think AJ's got the skill to deal with Fury. I just don't know if he's got it upstairs to deal with Fury. And AJ Wilder? Gun show. It's a fucking absolute gun show. I would, you know, I think AJ's schooling should be enough to see him through, but at no minute, at, there's not one second in one round over 12 rounds where you could re- rule Wilder out. And he's so fit, Wilder. Yeah, yeah. Has he proved against Ortiz? He's so fit. Mm. That's what. That's why he's got a great chin. Look at his legs. There's no way a guy with legs like that should be able to take the shots he takes from a heavyweight. There's no power. There's no strength there at all. But his confidence and his fitness is unreal. And we know AJ blows. He's a fucking big guy, AJ, with a lot of muscle. Mm. And he needs a second wind and sometimes a third wind in a fight. It, Wilder doesn't have that. And if Wilder catches him in one of those moments, I think Wilder finishes, AJ. Look at that. We've had, we nearly had 20-odd minutes. 
of just them three. Of just that. And they're not even happening yet. It's not even happening. <laughs> That's how exciting it is. Yeah, it might not oh. be the greatest uh, time ever for heavyweight boxing. We're not saying that, but it is exciting because it is competitive. And, and it's here, Adam. And it's happening right now. It's here. Here. Absolutely. It's on these shows. No, absolutely. I'd say, uh, by the way, May the 5th is the cutoff date for negotiations for AJ uh, Wilder. All right? May the 5th. Um, which is obviously Bell U Hair Day. So who's imposed that? The WBA. The WBA, WBA have gone. If it's not done by May the fifth, then Pavekin needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know if you saw this because I know he's one of your favourites, and I, I love it when Oscar De La Hoya is involved in shit that's not necessarily connected to boxing. I fucking love it, mate. I just piss myself, and I really just love this story of him sticking spoons up his ass. I can't, <laughs> I can't get enough of it. I was I was half thinking to myself, shall we include it in today's show? But I thought, do you know something? We're all about the entertainment. Of course we are. Oscar, what the fuck are you doing, brother? I've seen the fishnet sh- uh, uh, picture. That's been all over the internet. Was that not enough warning? Was that not enough warning to stay away from these chicks? Can I ask, what, by the way, what is an Instagram model? What's one of them? You're either a model or you're not, right? I know, but some of these girls make their money putting pictures on Instagram. Did they? Apparently so, yeah. Did they really? So they're not necessarily going magazines or whatever. They just post shit on Instagram. What, just normal birds that take pictures of themselves pounding up, yeah, but they're not bangers out and all that type of stuff and then stick it on the internet? Yeah, they usually hang around the likes of Dandel's area and people like that, don't they? You've got massive Instagram followers and then take them over themselves. Do they? Mm. How do you know this shit? Because I used to work in the fitness world, brother. Oh, right. And some of the fitness models, they make a fucking fortune, like support themselves via Instagram. All oh, right. I they thought just put pictures on themselves. I thought you might have been done. Backs and shit. Might have been done in the past with your fishnets on, <laughs> sticking a fucking spatula up your ass. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, hey um, mate, fucking hell, don't knock it till you've tried it. That's all I'm going to say about uh, in Oscar's defence. What? Don't knock it till you tried it. Milk in the prostate, innit? <laughs> yeah, but Oscar lad, don't do it on camera, you bell end. Trying to extort you for yeah, a couple million to, dollars, isn't he? Yeah, but this is Oscar, man. He's a party boy. He loves to party, doesn't he? Keep it behind closed doors. Listen, Oscar, as I, as I said about Conor McGregor last week on the UFC show, I like the rock and rolls. That's what I want. I want all my fighters to be a little bit rock and roll, right? I want them to get me on the edge of my seat, get the old ears on the back of my neck going. I don't want to be reading stories going, ooh, I don't want to think, ooh, Oscar, what are you doing, sunshine? You know what I mean? We have then spoons, Ben. Well, yeah, exactly. Can you imagine going around to his house and having something to eat or something <laughs> like that? Soup? No thanks, no, Oscar. No, I'm all right, Oscar sound, mate. <laughs> Stick with the chimichangas, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Finger food today, mate. Finger food today. <laughs> oh, dear. Cup of tea. Uh, yeah, black, no sugar. Yeah. Don't fucking put any spoons in leave, that. Leave the, the tea bag in. Literally leave the fucking tea bag in. That's what he was doing, mate. That's what he's been getting done for. I love the fact that uh, they tried to extort $2 million off him, otherwise they're going to reach the pictures. I don't know whether he just went, go ahead. Go on then. I hope he did. I'm not bothered. Crack on. He's there with a fucking oh, rolling pin up his ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thursday, innit? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you knock it like you don't want to be Oscar's mate, though. No, like we all no, don't want to be I wanna, Oscar's mate. I want to fucking get to one of these parties. Just imagine being at Golden Boy over the last couple of weeks. Like you've got one geezer who's blagging that he's on fucking uh, dodgy cow meat. That's why he's out of a fight. The fucking gear that's knocking about in them Golden Boy offices must be absolutely <laughs> rife. Straight from Columbia, get it straight in, lads. Pile it in. Beep beep. Back it up. What's that? Is that, is that this for Mr. Can you just sign here? This is for Mr. De La Hoya. There you go. Ainsley Harriet's rocked up with all these fucking utensils. <laughs> Spoons. At the ready. <laughs> Medium rare. Salty. Salty. What, what is it? Susie Salt or whatever he does. She, she ate them peppers. 
Uh, if you've no idea what we're talking about, just Google Oscar's name. Right? He's getting yeah. himself into a bit of bother. Just don't a click on of the video. No, don't click on the video. You don't need to go and have a little bit of a nosy at that. Uh, listen, good news. Uh, George Groves, July the 7th. He's given us the date there, jo- uh, July the 7th. Yeah. Has it been confirmed by Ali? No. World's Boxing Super Series? No, not at all. Uh, the, the extra month has not been confirmed as of yet. They've got to apply for an extra month in order to, to get this happening. What, what I do know is that the Cruiserweight final, which was June, May the 11th, has been postponed. That's been put back because they want to put it all in line. Yeah. All right. So they were originally talking June. Uh, George has come out and said July. It needs to be George. It needs to be Callum Smith. It needs to be George. To be. That needs to be the final. Got Hopefully we can get this nailed on. However, we're speaking to Eddie Hearn last week and the guys at the World Boxing Super Series have already approached him regarding a, a potential replacement oh, fuck. for that competition. So they're already talking that if it isn't extended, if they can't extend that for an extra month, yeah. there will be a replacement fight in Callum Smith. Balls. Which is bullshit. So they're speaking, to, so, sorry, they're speaking to Eddie regarding to, to give him notice about Callum Smith, not to ask Eddie to provide a super middleweight. Yeah, to to, not, to, not to provide a super middleweight. Oh, fuck's sake, you're joking. Yeah. No, no, that's what they're asking him for, yeah. That's what they've been talking to him about. But hopefully, it's it's just one of those uh, things that they're putting in place just in just case. Just a contingency. In case, there's a dele- in, case, in case he gets it, well, in case George gets injured, Jonas Rehab, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. It's got to be George Groves. It has to be George Groves. It's got to yeah. be George Groves. And I'm going to go, even if it is George Groves, I'm, I'm even more com- convinced now that Callum Smith's going to win this tournament because... Well, there is only one replacement anyway. If it's not George Groves, and there's no good speaking to Eddie about it, it's got to be James DeGale. Do you think? It's got to be James DeGale. He's the new world champion out there. Mm. That isn't, you know, got to, like, got to f- committed to a fight. Mm. It's got to be James DeGale. Mm. I think that still brings in the British audience. It's not ideal because he's, you're bringing a ringer in for the final. But, but I don't he's a world th- champ. I don't think Callum Smith would knock that fight back. Um, and then George Groves obviously would, would fight the win after that. It would be a really disappointing end to the World Boxing Super Series if George Groves doesn't fight Callum Smith, let's be honest. Mm. So Usyk Breedis, sorry, just to pick up on that, Usyk Breedis has been moved as well. Yeah, it's not on May the 11th. It's been, it's been pushed back. No date confirmed as of yet for that, but we're anticipating it being in and around late June yeah. to tie in with that potential yeah. July 7th. Because that's happening in the Middle East and obviously... The World Boxing Super Series final is happening here in the UK. It's supposed to be happening at the O2. Yeah. All right? Okay. There you go. There's a little bit of uh, news for you on the George Gross stuff. Uh, Now then, let's look ahead towards this weekend, shall we? Because, uh, fucking hell, we've just had a weekend of no fights. What the fuck? Sat there twiddling our thumbs. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, they've just gone balls deep and stuck everything on at the same time. Sat there losing money watching the Grand National (laughs) when I could have been making money predicting the outcome of fights. There you go. Um, Liverpool, the destination for Amir Khan's comeback. Belfast, the destination for uh, Carl Frampton and the need to done there. And uh, in the early hours of the morning, if you're really giddy, uh, Bronner's back in action doing his thing well, as fuck well. fuck Bronner. It's the undercard. That's good. There's two belter fights on the undercard. Charlo's on there. So what's your favourite? Before we get into each, each event, what's your favourite fight across all three events? Which is the must-see for Mr. Cartrell? Frampton done there. Frampton done there all day long. Because there's so much riding on this. This is a... Obviously, both of them are at a certain point in their career now where a win, oh, sorry, a loss, and that's it. If Frampton gets beat off Nanita Dene, that's it. All these dreams of yep. becoming a world champion again are gone. gone He's got an opportunity this weekend to become the WBO interim champion, which I think is absolutely bollocks, seeing as that Oscar Valdez has only fought a couple of weeks ago. Yes, okay, he's got a broken jaw and he's injured and he's out for nine months. I get that, but he's only just fucking fought. So to yeah. have an interim champion thrust upon us, sound. I've no problem with them becoming the number one contender, but what's the point in making a belt just for the sake of making a belt? I'm looking forward to this because he's looking in unbelievable shape. 
For the first four rounds in his last fight, he looked great, and then he just went off the boil a bit. And I thought to myself, "Ooh, Carl, are you, are you just getting over the hill a little bit? So I'm really looking forward to this fight. If there's a fighter out there in the world today that can bring the best out of Carl Frampton in his hometown, it is the Filipino Flash. Yeah. I think he's absolutely made for Carl Frampton. I think he's at the right stage of his life now to fight Carl Frampton in order to make Carl Frampton look really, really good and put a real fat statement down. Because he's chasing Valdez. It's a shame because I wanted him to fight Selby next, yeah. if I'm honest. But that's the fight I'm looking forward to the most. Even though I'm not going to be there, I'm going to be in Liverpool. Yep. Um, I think uh, Carl Frampton, Nanita Dene is the pick of the weekend. Are I you, just, you, you're not there? You're not there with that? Um, I think that it's the one with the most importance for us domestically for, as fans. But there's two other fights that I'm really looking forward to. Here we go. Scousers, go on. No, no, actually. Exact, no Scousers? No, no, no. It's Tete time, baby. Yeah, Tete's on Zalana the undercard. Tete's yeah. back on Frampton undercard. I fucking love Tete. He's fought in Liverpool a few times. He's got a massive fan base here. He's sensational. He's got a good fight as well with uh, Omar Navarez, who I think lost was a world champion. Lost it to Diner, mm. I believe, at the weight division below. I tell you, uh, Super I tell you, essentially, the, the fans of Belfast will be lo- lo- loving it's this. A cracker, uh, mainly because last time he rocked up, he was only there for ten seconds. That's right. So you get to see, but <laughs> hopefully, you get to see a little bit more of him. <laughs> he knocked the kid out with the first punch and then exactly. went exactly. So I, for me, it's either Tete's knockout world title defense or Charlo's knockout middleweight debut. And they're the two fights from the entire weekend I'm looking forward to most, obviously, the Barclays Centre in, in New York. Charlo's on there, as well as Javonta uh, Davis, which I'm sure will come on to shortly. Hopefully, Javonta Davis actually makes weight mm. this time. Uh, he's fighting for the WBA. But just coming back to, to Belfast then, let's have a look at that card first. I think Frampton, you're right, it's make or break for him. Uh, but I, just, I think you could say the exact thing about Denae. You know what's Dene? If if Dene doesn't win here, he's yeah, of course. If it's going to be some kind of Manny Pacquiao like veterans tour for him, just trying to make some money, um, we'll know in the first round whether this is going to be a belter or whether Fram- it's going to be a you know a, a bit of a, a one sided masterclass from Frampton because then we'll know exactly what Dene brings to this. I think it, I think I think and hope that it's going to be a one sided masterclass from Frampton because I'm looking at him at the moment. He looks happy, smiling away. He looks in incredible shape. I've spent a tiny, tiny little bit of time in that. Uh, uh, VIP gym, having a little bit of a nosy at those boys because obviously Tommy Coyle's in there and he's fighting yeah. Masher at the weekend. We'll get to him in a minute. But Frampton looks good. He's talking good. He's saying all the right things. He looks in great shape, mate. I'm just hoping that he does the business because I, I know that I said a couple of weeks ago that Valdez looked the real deal and he did against Quig. He looked the real deal and I put him right up there now as one, as one of the top boys that only Selby could probably take him to pieces. But I'd still like to see the Frampton fight because if Frampton's yeah. still at it, if Frampton that Fort Santa Cruz is still there. Yeah. Fuck me, man. We have got a lit division. Absolutely. And I think um I think he is still there as well. I think we I think we're gonna see a second coming from Frampton starting this weekend with Jamie Moore. I think he's you know, as you say, he's got a smile on his face. I think a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. I think this is the perfect potentially the perfect fight for him in the perfect location to springboard something. I still think he's gonna be ringside for Warrington Selby. I think he's got to fight. For me, he's got to fight the winner of Warrington Selby. Mm, it makes the most mm. sense financially and, and professionally because you prove yourself the best of Britain and the best of Britain goes on. Because, listen, they're, they're Mexican guys who, who are over the other side of the pond. They're sorting themselves out. They're lining up to fight one another. They're lining up to go where they're best. So I think the British guys should do the same. Mm. Um, I think Selby's probably the pick of the three at the moment. Yeah, of course he is, yeah. But then again, you know what? Selby Warrington, man. As that chick gets close, I'm starting to think, you okay, know, Warrington's going to go in there and he's going to take some stopping, Josh Warrington, I'm telling you, some stopping. So, uh, but Frampton's job first. Frampton's got to win and got to win in style. I think he's, 
I think a, a scraping through a points decision against the Nair won't really tell us anything about what Carl Frampton's got left. I think we need a bit of a statement. I think we need this to be a little bit of a shutout performance. Um, I, I'm expecting Frampton to win by six or seven rounds, and I think that will really define See, the fact that he's back. I'm not. I'm expecting it to be a little bit closer, you know. No, I, I think if it's too close... I'll start going, okay, wait a minute. You know, what has Carl actually got left here? I'm, go- I'm going to go three or four rounds compared to your, what you say, six or seven? I'd say six or seven. All yeah. right, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Zelani Tetti on the undercard there. Anybody else on that undercard that's uh, taking your fancy? I know John O'Carroll's on there. He's a, he's a big fan of ours. He listens to the show and yep. uh, keeps up to date with his on social media. John welcome. Uh, if you're listening, mate, wishing you all the best at the weekend. I like John He's a good lad. He is, yeah. He's a grafter as well. Um, and he's entertaining to watch. He's like a miniature version of the fucking guy from 300, isn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. he's a little bit King Jared, Lider, so whatever He's a little bit Jared Butler. The bit of a Jared he's Butler. He's got yeah. the best beard in boxing. No question Absolutely, about it. Absolutely, yes. Mm. Uh, I was hanging out with Tyrone McKenna. Uh, All right, yeah. Because he's he's based in Liverpool at the moment. He's he's uh, the super lightweight. I think he's 16, undefeated. Uh, yeah, I was hanging out with him, having a chat with him. He's now training with Derry Matthews, and he seems like a pretty switched-on kid. He's got a great fight against Anthony Upton on this card. I think both these guys have only got one loss between them in about 30-odd wins. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be a good fight. That's probably the pick of, of my undercard uh, action, I would have thought. Sam Maxwell from Liverpool oh, is yeah. on there as well. So yeah, Super yeah. Sam. Got to mention Super Sam because, uh, again, from Derry Matthews, Jim, but another super lightweight. Just, there's so many super lightweights based mm-hmm. out of Liverpool these days who are undefeated, so... Mm. Keep an eye out for Super Sam. Uh, speaking of Liverpool, uh, the other um, big night, I suppose, is at the Echo Arena. Uh, we are back there for uh, the return of Amir King Khan. Spent a bit of time with him on Friday, Amir. Yeah. Had a little bit of nosy of him sparring. Sparring partners weren't necessarily uh, amazing, but Amir's hand speed, I don't think he's ever going to leave him. Yeah. Um, and his footwork looked tremendous. One thing that I am a little bit concerned about... Done nothing with Beefy now. I didn't see him with beefy. beefy. I didn't see him with Beefy at the week. He might. It may have was been it in anyone camp. from from Joe's camp, or no. was it some imported? Yeah, lads? just a couple of a couple of imported lads. But what I, what I did um, have a little bit of concern for. He took a lot of time wrapping those hands. He's just had operations on those yeah. hands, hasn't he? You know what yeah. I mean. And um, I just want to know how they hold up after those operations because that's going to be a big thing. The speed's still there. He's only thirty-one years of age. He's a mere. He's been oh, around yeah. for time, hasn't he? 17 he was when he were winning silver medals in the bloody Olympics. He's been doing this for a long period of time. And one thing that I will say about Amir, and I want to give him a first shake on this show, because um, a lot of people kind of forgot that he's actually quite good. I know oh, that's fucking brilliant, Amir. That he's, his career will be defined, obviously, Speed with that kills. killer knockout uh, that he received against Canelo. Yeah, That so, won't define his career. Well, hang on a minute. That the, won't define his career. No, no, not in our eyes. Far no, no. from it. This is what I'm going to do now, right? Because there'll be loads of people that I've spoken to that go, God, he's a bit chinny, isn't he? Hang on a minute. He got knocked out off Canelo. Was Canelo on the juice? Don't know, mate. We don't know that question right now. That was two weights above what Amir was at the time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Jumped up two weight divisions. He was beating off Lamont Peterson, who failed a drug test as well. Lamont Peterson failed a test uh, in that fight. He got knocked out badly against um, Danny, Garcia. Danny Garcia. That was a good knockout. And obviously he got caught cold against Brady's Prescott mm. when he was on the, an absolute turn. So there's four That's defeats it. there. Three of them, obviously, bad knockouts. And a lot of people only remember them. But let's not just, let's not forget, right? This is a kid that stopped Barrera. Mm-hmm. Now, all right, Barrera was at the twilight of his career and it, there was a cut involved in that fight, but he stopped him, right? He schooled Katelnik when he became the, the world champion. Yep. He, he stopped Malinaji. Yep. He schooled Maidana. Yep, absolutely. That, that's Maidana who went in twice with Floyd Mayweather, mate. Of course, right? won the first one. Yeah, uh, Zab Judah stopped, stopped him. Stopped Zab Judah, yeah. Carlos Molina, Luis Colazzo, Devin Alexander, Chris Algieri, right? All world champions. I'm talking world champions. He's beaten them all. Absolutely. Fair play, Amir Khan. You've got our respect, mate. Uh, and we're wishing that he is back 
to the guy that we uh, Listen, when he, he was the unified world champion. Of course, I'm only for Canelo. Don't forget, you know, this is something we fucking get excited about whenever it happens in fight sports. But he put he his dared balls to out be there. great. Yeah, he put his you balls know, out fuck there, man. It, man. I'll have a go. I'll have a go at him. And he jumped up two weight divisions and fought Canelo. So fucking what? He got stopped in the sixth. Yeah. And you know what? So what if he is a little bit chinny? I don't believe he is. I, I, I refuse that statement. But so what if he is? This is boxing. Guys have strengths mm. and guys have weaknesses. I'll try and get my hands on the video because we videoed a little bit of a chat between me and Amir. And one of the things that was brilliant for, for me to hear from him, right? He does like a fight as Amir. Fuck yeah. He does like a fight. That, and and that's, to be honest, that's what's been his downfall in fights. 100%. Sometimes he'll be skating his way through fights. Absolutely, yeah. And he, the red mist comes down, mm. and he just wants to stand and go toe to toe. Maidana, Colazzo, those fights—he mm-hmm. was skating it, wasn't he? And then, if Absolutely. you remember, in the, like the tenth round, all of a sudden he gets caught, and he, yeah. then he's fucking throwing all leather at him. He's throwing yeah. leather at him. You're thinking, get on hold? your feet, yeah, fucking just hold, hold or jump out the way and get out of the way, mate. Skate around the yeah. ring. But that has been his downfall, and it was really good. So one, watch his sparring and thinking, he ain't interested in a fucking getting toe to toe here. He's in and out, in and out. Classic Amir, just breaking that guys down. And okay. People might call that boring. People might think, well, that's not entertaining. Floyd Mayweather made a fucking career out of it, mate. Just a bit. And think of all the successes that he's had down, down the years. I hope that... I Listen, Phil Greco's of a, of a, a substandard to him. He's a third-tier fighter, yeah. And I fully anticipate him to go in there, win every single round. And I I think he'll, he's going to stop him probably in the mid-rounds. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Phil LaGreco's team pull him out of it and just go, fuck this shit. He's <clears> getting yeah. absolutely tattooed. LaGreco's only ever been stopped once, and that was by Earl Spence, don't forget. Mm. Uh, he did go 10 rounds, 10 hard rounds as well with Sean Porter. But he lost every single round. I, I can't see him winning a round in Liverpool, let's be honest. I would love to see Amir get the stoppage. Um and I think if he does, it'll be typical Amir. You know, with just a barrage of punches where yeah. the referee jumps in to save Lagreco. I think that's where we're going to end up. I think around eight or nine rounds. I think yeah. Carl will get a TKO stoppage. But uh, listen, Lagreco's got a part to play, and uh, and we'll he's see. made it personal. We'll, he's we'll, tried to get under his skin, talking about his wife and AJ exactly. and all that type of shit. And we'll, and we'll see. We'll see what Amir Khan's got left on Saturday night. Mm. Uh, great fight on the undercard between uh, Masher and Tommy Coyle. Brilliant, brilliant matchmaking. Yeah, both look hungry as fuck. Let's have it, man. I went over to and and I was catching up with Masha the other day, and hopefully I'm uh, I'm, I'm planning on getting him on our Radio City Talk Show this week, which will be released later in the week as a podcast. But Masha was Can in I just fine point out that, that that will come with subtitles, by the way, with those two talking to each <laughs> yeah. other. It'll Masha just sound like bacon head scouse. It'll just sound like high pitched dog noises, right? But I'll, we'll send some I don't know some scripts that you can read along with that particular the, chat. Uh, Masha was in good spirits, man, and he was saying that <clears throat> he was telling me that. Uh, do you know for the when he first announced this, they did the press conference in Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. It was now um, they both turned up as Batman. They and turned up as Superman. Batman and Superman, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they they texted each other. Steve Wood, the manager, had connected them and gone, "Listen, Masha, have a crack. Someone wants to have a chat here." And it was Tommy Coyle, and they started texting one another and going, "Yeah, yeah." So he said, "Okay, let's do something together." So Tommy Coyle, <clears throat> he actually was driving into Liverpool, ringing Masha, saying, "I think I'm lost here. I think I'm lost trying to get to this press conference." So he was trying to direct them. Bear in mind, Masha's not even from Liverpool. He's from Birkenhead, so he's got fucking no idea where he's going either. He said, I'm giving him directions. Masha didn't drive at the time, so I had no idea what he was doing. And Tommy Cole said, oh, wait a minute. Here's a big car here with the licence plate boxer. I'm just going to follow that. So Masha was like, yeah, yeah, follow the boxer licence plate. And he followed it all the way to the press conference. It just happened to be Amir Khan's car that Tommy Coyle was following. So he gets there, parks up. Him and Masha go to the gents, and they're dressing one another. 
Masha was like, yeah, we were putting each other's capes on and everything. So they were fucking doing that backstage, getting themselves ready to then go on stage and go at each other. But he was just like, you know what? By the way, he also told me, him and Tommy have got all kinds of shit planned for this week, for the press, press events this week. They're going to do much more. They're going to have a bit of a laugh. And he said, you know what? This is how, Masha said, this is how I prefer it. Me and Tommy call, we get on great. We just, just gel. We just seem to have similar personalities. We're having a great time and we're going to enjoy it. And you know, on Saturday night, we're just going to throw down and beat the shit out of each other. It's like, class, man. Why does boxing have to be all about enemies? You don't need to antagonise your, your foe every it's time. entertainment, man. Of course. Entertain the fans. They know what they're doing. They know what to do. I think it could be a cracker this, you know. Did you see Tommy Coyle had done some respect in the world to Tommy Coyle, man. He posted something on social media, I think it was two weeks ago now, saying, um, if anybody is having a hard time or knows someone that's having a hard time with the family, with work or whatever, send me a little DM, tell me about your situation. I'm going to pick two people out who are having a hard time and could do with some positivity in their lives. I'm going to pay for them to come to Liverpool, I'm going to put them up in a hotel and I'm going to carry my belts into the ring. That's a fucking measure of how what a good lad Tommy Coyle is as well. So yeah, top guy. Regardless of who wins that fight on Saturday night, both of them just deserve applause. It's because they, they, it's refreshing, isn't it? It's refreshing to have guys like this in, in boxing. Mm. They were doing well as well. Yeah, top. Um, your mate's on the undercard, Sam Eggington. Super Sam. Coming, Fucking, he's coming for a rollout, isn't he? Sam. Great, isn't he? Great. Mm. He's got, listen, he's got a he's got a journeyman opponent in Ryan Thomas, but that's what it's all about at this stage. It's about getting Sam back on the horse. We missed our opportunity to see Sam Eggington up in lights in Las Vegas uh, before he lost the belt, but he's got to get back on the horse now, and he needs a big performance because he's right in the mix. You know, this super welterweight. There's loads of good fights in and around him there. Um, I just think Sam needs to just get back, mm. shake it off, and get back in there. Tasha Jonas is in a world title eliminator as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's only her sixth fight, she's in with a guy Vivian or Gail, sorry, Vivian <laughs> Obanauf, who's had about twenty fights, eighteen fights or whatever. Um, so this will be Tasha's last fight. I'm hearing before a world title fight. So I think it's scheduled for ten. I expect Tasha to get out of here early. Even though Obanauf has four four world titles in the past. Tasha will get the job done inside the distance, make no mistake. Uh, Connor Ben, I think, as well, is uh, is rocking up, isn't he? Looking yep. forward to seeing Connor because too, last yeah. time we saw him it's at fun, your man. last time we saw him at your call, mate, it was fucking fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't pretty no. for him, but for us, it was like, whoa, this is like someone just set the uh, blue touch paper, man. It was off. Exactly. And I said this <clears throat> at the time as well. I'm like, don't get just enjoy Connor Ben for what he is. He's yeah. a fucking novice and he's a baby. He's like learning this game in front of our eyes. He's got zero pretty much amateur experience. And he's a fucking, he's an absolute baby. And he's going to have tough fights. And I think it's not, you know, my concern last time, wasn't it? I said he's getting too much exposure on Sky. They're putting too much pressure on him because of his dad's dad's name. name, They need to just let this kid grow a little bit more. I think Frank's doing a better job with Dubois. Then Matchroom seems to be doing with Connor Ben. But then again, it feel, I, I feel like with Connor Ben, Matchroom have realised this kid's not here for the long call. He's like a firework. Let's just fucking let him go. It's probably only going to get to British title level, but let's just enjoy the ride while it lasts for a short space of time. Obviously, Frank Warren's doing something different with Daniel Dubois. He's trying to build a future heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. I think that may be the difference. Maybe that's why was getting Connor, Connor Ben's getting a lot of TV traction. But I'm excited to see him up live. You know, it, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, he's, he's an attraction. And uh, he'll bring the fight, and you know it's going to be fun. Mm, absolutely. So there's your two uh, British-based um, nights that you can enjoy this weekend. Choose wisely. Yeah. I've no doubt there'll be a lot of flicking in between channels or maybe taping one and watching it a little bit later on. So you've got Amir Khan's return in Liverpool. You've got Frampton Donair uh, doing their thing uh, over on BT slash Box Nation uh, in Belfast. And then in the early hours of the morning, you get uh, the, the lovely treat of Adrian Brauner. 
who says that he's cleaned up his act, he's ready to rock and roll once again, taking on Jesse Vargas. It's a great fight. I let's. Uh, this is another thing we've got to remind ourselves. Broner's actually quite good. Oh, he's fucking brilliant. He's actually quite good at boxing. He's just a dickhead, right? Yeah. He's an absolute dickhead who who believed in his own bullshit. For a lad, what is he? Four weight world champ. Yeah, four weight yeah. world champ. Insane, right? He's top. He's just a dick. Yeah. He just needs to get his shit back together so therefore he can start yeah, competing. We say this every time. He's never going to get his shit back together because he's at bellend. Mm. That's, that just sums is up. This a, is this um, a catchweight fight as well at the weekend? Yeah. It's another like 144 pounds or something random like that. Yeah. Why? Broner again. Just Broner, like Because he can't be arsed cutting weight properly. You know, don't forget, he's, 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 he's trying to bounce back from the Mikey Garcia defeat. However, Jesse Vargas, for me, is the wrong opponent, man. Mm. Vargas has only lost two fights, and they're both against top-level opposition, mm. Bradley and fucking Pacquiao. Mm. So, I think Broner's got a problem this weekend. Literally. He I is th- the problem. I think he has <laughs> got a real problem, like, because Vargas, you know, like anyone that fights Broner, it's it's the route back to the top, and anything but a switched-on Broner. Adrian Broner, who's still licking his wounds, and Mikey Garcia will lose this fight at the weekend. But you know what? For me, that's not the main attraction anyway. No. I know it's not top of the bill, but it's not the main attraction. Javonta Davis, who... If I'm managing Javonta Davis, I would keep him a fucking million miles away from Adrian Broner because they're trying to make him the next Floyd Mayweather, but he's starting to turn into the Adrian next Adrian Broner. Broner yeah. And they need to keep him away. Obviously, the first problem with Javonta this week with Tank is making weight. Kid's got to make weight on Friday. Something he didn't do last time, and yeah, he yeah. ultimately lost his world title belt. This time, he's—I think he was the IBF one. Now this is for the WBA, WBA yeah. Against Kular, obviously, I think if uh, if 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 Devonta Davis turns up, we're massive fans. We know he's the real deal. But again, Kular, former world champion himself, only lost the belt last time out to Abner Maras. Yeah, I know he's stepping up a weight class yeah. here, but fucking kids, cheek tough. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just think Javonta Davis, anywhere near the vicinity of Adrian Broner, is fucking bad business. Don't do it. They're already Keep t- them apart. Exactly, man, because the kid is ridiculously talented. We're massive fans of his. I mean, we picked it when he played. the he last fought- role model he needs is Broner. Yeah, when, when he fought Jose Pedraza, we picked that he would be that that would be the coming of age. And if you've been following us for the last two years, you'll remember that and probably got on the bandwagon with the Javonta Davis. But the, uh, off the back of becoming world champion, just turned into a little bit of a bell end, to be yeah. fair. And hopefully he can get himself sorted because there's some sensational fights out there. They're already talking about Lomachenko, you know, for I know. already I talking know. about that. Imagine that. That'd be a tremendous fight. Don't get me wrong. We're massive fans of Lomachenko and we think he's the best on the planet. But Davis has skills there that could definitely compete mm-hmm. as long as he takes it serious, makes his weight, and applies himself like Floyd Mayweather applies himself. Not like Floyd Mayweather appears to apply himself because that's yeah. the problem yeah, they look at, exactly they look at the game that he it, that he portrays on social media and you think oh that's how it is no it ain't mate yeah. he's just letting you see that shit or F- Floyd will show you 5% of what of his life the 95% he doesn't show you is the graft is the work is the relentless fucking he wants you to think regime. that it's easy of course it does it ain't easy exactly because he doesn't want anyone to overtake him mm. and that's why Javonta Davis he's like Floyd's prodigy but also allowing, just allowing him to fight on Adrian Broner own undercards and to allow him to get away with the shit he does says everything about Floyd. Yeah, he wants a prodigy that he can make money off, but he doesn't want that prodigy to become bigger than him. Mm-hmm. Nobody is bigger <clears throat> than Floyd in the Floyd Mayweather show. It's kind of like, again, the David Day show over here on a very much smaller scale. Mm-hmm. You sign with David Day, make no mistake, you will never be bigger or more famous than David Day. That's just the way he does his business. Mm-hmm. Mayweather's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Charles. Charles, the man. Up at 160 now. 
This is the one. This is my prediction for the for the performance slash knockout of the weekend. Charlo, are you going for a corkscrew uppercut? Because Fuck, he seems to yeah. favour it, doesn't he? Loves it, man. Loves it. And you know what? Santino, who's boxing, is fucking no mug. Kids only ever lost one fight in, in 29, 30 fights, whatever it was. And it was against that uh, Selecki, um, yeah, the, the Polish mean. kid who's, who's got a big world title fight coming up, isn't he? He's fighting... Um, He's moving up, isn't he, to fight Daniel Jacobs, of yeah, course, yeah. yeah, for the middleweight title. So, uh, well, middleweight elimination. Eliminator, yeah. So, the kid's no mug, but Charlo, every time we see Charlo, he seems to outdo himself. Well, sorry. Both of them. Outdo his brother. Yeah, yeah. These guys fucking compete on a different stage every time. It's like, which Charlo brother can turn it on the best? I think for that reason, I'm going to go for a knockout. That reason, I'm going to go for Charlo to steal everyone's thunder this weekend and come up with the punch of the weekend. So, can't wait, man. I'm just excited to see him as a middleweight and see who he calls out because it's an interesting time around that division, man, with fucking, you know, tainted beef out of the equation. There's so many opportunities out there. Still no opponent as yet confirmed for Triple G on May the 5th. Probably by the time you listen to this, it might be. How about worrying so many different names? Now, Spike O'Sullivan's out the, out the mix now, mate, because yeah. they uh, have moved it from HBO pay-per-view to normal HBO, so therefore the offer financially was considerably less, so he's fucked it off. Do you know something? Normally I go, it's a chance of a lifetime, but you're on a hiding to nothing. You're going to get absolutely yeah. smashed in that fight. Completely. You've got to have financial recompense for it. Yes. And I'm kind of with Spike, just going... If you're not paying me fucking big dough, I ain't getting in there, will yeah, you? Exactly. What's the yeah. point? The difference here is that, you know, when you're talking about Wilder taking a pay cut to fight AJ, yeah. it's because Wilder could win and the rematch is worth so much more. Yeah. Spike O'Sullivan ain't, ain't, ain't beating Triple G in his fucking best dream. Do mm. you know what I mean? Mm. So um, The money's got to be right. And if the money's not right, it's got it off. It's got to be change your life money to yeah. fight someone like Triple G. Yeah, of course play, it does. Fair play, man. Uh, just quickly to, uh, to finish the show, I just want to touch upon the amateur game because we've done extremely well at the Commonwealth Games. You may have seen this. Um, at the weekend, we picked up six gold medals. We got one silver and two bronze as well throughout the course of the uh, tournament. Fantastic achievement. And again, we've talked about this on the show on a regular basis. It's amazing what a little bit of lottery funding, bit of government funding at grassroots levels does. Yeah. Obviously, we we had great success with Amir Khan, James DeGale, and obviously in 2012 with everybody that did well there. Uh, but we're reaping the benefits now because we've got a, a, an institution in Sheffield which is the envy of the world. Mm-hmm. Envy of the world. Everybody looks at that and goes, fucking hell, they are breeding the next generation of boxer. Well done to all the guys and girls uh, that picked up medals, yep. especially those six gold. Tremendous. Uh, uh, I think it's a record, that, isn't it? Uh, not just necessarily well. for boxing, but for the whole of the yeah, Team yeah. England. Fantastic achievement. Big and, and yet another super heavyweight coming through in Big Fraser. He won, he won gold as well. You yeah. know, We're just fucking completely dominating the sport in the big man division. If you look at the history of mm. Commonwealth Games and Olympic Games recently, we have been outstanding. Ever since Big Fordley started the, started the party in, in Sydney. Um, Your mate Pete McGrail picked up a, a Young gold Peter, as well, yeah, it was a cracking fight as well. You know, it was an absolute belter. So... Um, Really exciting time, as you say, British boxing at every level. Uh, success breeds success. And, you know, we talk about it. We talked about it earlier in this fucking show, this being the golden age of British boxing. It ain't ending. The golden age has got no signs of abating right now mm. because that generation is coming, coming next. Mm. And that generation's the most successful generation yet. Mm. So, man, it's amazing. Incredible time. No, absolutely. Top, top stuff. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us once again. You can get us on uh, iTunes, Fight Disciples there. You can get all our Android feeds, by the way, on our website, fightdisciples.com, uh, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'll try and dig out that video that I did with uh, Amir Khan and stick it on our social media so you can have I a little bit of I think you going to say the Oscar De La Hoya video then for a second. Well, I can get that out as well if you want, mate. If you want to watch someone bumming himself with a fucking rolling pin, we can get... <laughs> 
That's a whole different show. That's shite disciples. <laughs> <laughs> we get that cut. We get that popping. Uh, anyway, thank you very popping much. Popping and plopping is back. <laughs> popping and plopping is back. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.